Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. So last Friday, March 25th, Francis did it. Just what he did, however, is still being disputed. Officially, it was the consecration of Russia and the Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But whether the prayer he recited before a statue of Our Lady of Fatima in the Basilica of St. Peter's actually satisfied all the conditions stipulated by Our Lady for the conversion of Russia and a period of peace, that is something various conservative Novus Ordos and recognize and resist traditionalists are still in disagreement about. Some are pretty much insistent that the consecration was valid, like Michael Voris, John Henry Weston, and Michael Hitchborn, for example. Others are hopeful but have their doubts and are taking a wait-and-see approach about this. Among those are Brian McCall, Christopher Ferrara, and Taylor Marshall. The full text of the consecration prayer is available on the Vatican website, and it is a lengthy text filled with a lot of the usual Bergolian buzzwords. But of course, it also contains some Catholic elements. Now, contrary to what Brian McCall said about this in a video interview, that doesn't mean that Francis is some great enigma. It simply means that he's a deceiver. He mixes Catholic ideas with revolutionary modernist Masonic ideas, so that in the end his text contains something for everyone. The conservatives and the semi-trads can focus on the Catholic stuff, whereas the globalists and the liberals can focus on all the other things. I mean, what else is new? They've been doing this for 60 years. Chris Ferrara was harping on how Bergoglio used the terms immaculate heart and mother of God, which he thought was some great blow to ecumenism, as if Francis had never used those terms before, you know? You gotta remember, Francis is a big fan of the philosophy of the lowest common denominator. He will adjust his message and his terminology based on the occasion and the audience. So he will say Catholic things to a Catholic audience. Well, novus ordo, but you know what I mean. For example, in a Sunday sermon, he might say that only in Christ Jesus do we have salvation. But if the next day he has a meeting with some interreligious dialogue group, he'll talk about salvation through human fraternity and how different religions manifest the richness of the different ways of coming to God. That isn't Francis being an enigma, it's Francis being a modernist. You'll see there is nothing enigmatic about him once you stop with the silly idea that this man is, or could be, the Pope of the Catholic Church. It's ridiculous. It's the constant attempt to make Bergoglio fit into a Catholic mold that creates all this absurdity that makes McCall say that Francis is an enigma. He's not. He's just not a Catholic. Now, back to the act of consecration to the Immaculate Heart. The key sentence in Francis' prayer was the following, quote, Therefore, 
Mother of God and our Mother, to your Immaculate Heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Unquote. Now, you can see that this is just vague enough to where people can disagree over whether this is the consecration of Russia requested by Our Lady of Fatima or not. You know, it's really not that difficult to say, I or we consecrate Russia to thine immaculate heart, O Virgin Mary. Instead, what did the Frankster say? He said, To your Immaculate Heart we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. This is something that I'm sure the usual suspects on the various blogs, podcasts, and YouTube shows will be debating for a long time to come. All the while missing the elephant in the living room, of course. Francis isn't the Pope and therefore he is incapable of fulfilling the wishes of Our Lady of Fatima for a papal consecration of Russia. Patrick Coffin, who is not Sedevacantist, but at least agrees that Bergoglio isn't the Pope, put a hilarious video together on Francis' Fatima farce. After pointing out that a non-Pope obviously can't accomplish a papal consecration of Russia, He explained that if Francis were the Pope, his consecration formula still didn't meet the criteria specified by the Blessed Mother because she requested the consecration of Russia, not humanity and especially Russia and Ukraine. Listen to this. There's no mention of Ukraine, which didn't exist as such in 1917. There's no mention of um, Estonia. There's no mention of Toledo, Ohio. There's no mention of Disneyland, Russia. And skipping ahead, he also said, The wording of this Franciscan version of another failed consecration has been altered. (laughs) The latest uh, alteration is a long-winded bit of a combination of uh, Freemasonic lingo and woke ideology and uh, let's just call it mama's boy sentimentality with a few traditionalist-sounding uh, phrases in there to keep to keep the naive on the hook. Um, when he gets to the actual consecration part of his text, it's this. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your Immaculate Heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Unquote. Why not add Muslims, uh, blue-eyed people, migrants, environmental activists? This cluttered, watered-down text is not the proper formula. Full stop. Beautiful. That was Patrick Coffin from his March 25th, 2022 episode on the faux consecration, available on rumble.com. Now, the Society of St. Pius X, the Lefebvreists, they also participated in this consecration of Russia, but they did a typical semi-trad thing, trying to have it both ways. 
Let me explain. First, on March 20th, five days before the consecration, SSPX headquarters released a statement saying this, quote, The Priestly Society of St. Pius X has learned with joy of the announcement of the consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, scheduled for March 25th. After a long wait, punctuated by fervent crusades and assiduous recitation of rosaries, the Society of St. Pius X is happy to see the request of Our Lady of Fatima taken into account, which called for a solemn act by the Pope in union with all the bishops. Unquote. Okay, so far, so good. Then, on the day of the consecration at the SSPX St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary in the United States, Bishop Bernard Fillet led all the seminarians in prayer to Our Lady of Fatima. And before making the act of consecration, he stated, quote, We have many reasons to celebrate today. It seems as if our prayer to heaven for decades, asking the Immaculate Heart of Mary that the Pope would consecrate Russia according to the requirements of herself, well, it seems that this is going to happen today. And so, with all our heart, we want to unite ourselves to this act, expecting so many good fruits that have been promised. We see that there have been many attempts to make this consecration. What we have seen is that up to now, the precise requirements from heaven have never been completely accomplished. But heaven in its mercy has always given, we could say, a proportionate answer. Every time a pope has turned to the Immaculate Heart, some good has happened for the world and for the church. So let us pray that this consecration made today will have the fruits so long expected. Unquote. Once again, so far, so good. But here it comes. Bishop Fillet then proceeded not to join in the act of consecration Francis was making, but recited an entirely different prayer of consecration to the Immaculate Heart. And of course, that was quite a beautiful text he used, with a clear focus on the supernatural and the eternal, unlike what Francis recited. Now, to make matters even more interesting, the SSPX's consecration text included the following words. Quote, On this feast of the Annunciation, chosen by the sovereign pontiff to surround himself with all the bishops and priests of the world, in order to solemnly consecrate to thine immaculate heart his person, the church, and the whole of humanity, in particular Russia and Ukraine, we wish to associate our voices to the prayer that rises to thy maternal power." Unquote. You know, the best way for them to associate their voices to that prayer Francis offered would have been to pray it with him. Oh, but they didn't want to do that, of course. No, they just wanted to talk about associating themselves with Francis' act of consecration, but not actually join him in reciting it. Well, I guess they didn't want to take the risk of being tainted by what it actually says. You know, so much for their association with that. But this is typical. Of all things Catholic, they are the final arbiter, not 
their supposed vicar of Christ, welcome to the Society of St. Pius X. Best of all, the SSPX consecration prayer asks the Blessed Mother that Russia might, quote, return from its former schism to the unity of the one fold of the eternal shepherd and thus submit to the vicar of thy divine son, unquote. Whom are they kidding? They don't submit to the man they claim is the vicar of Christ. They won't even use his act of consecration. And if they can't even do that, what do they submit to him on? Well, I can tell you what. Whatever they agree with and whatever they disagree with, they refuse him submission on. Which, of course, means that they're not submitted to him at all. They're only following themselves, not the man they regard as the Pope. And that is the essence of schism. By the way, speaking of the Society of St. Pius X, they finally issued a press release in which they formally announced that their superior general, Father Davide Pagliarani, had met with Francis at the Vatican. Now, that meeting took place on February 8th, and the press release wasn't published until March 25th. That is a delay of over six weeks, and that is odd. Over at the well-informed German traditionalist news and commentary site katholisches.info, Editor Giuseppe Nardi speculates that perhaps the Lefevres were hoping for some kind of positive outcome of that meeting, such as a decree or other decision in their favor that they could then announce to the world as part of their press release, similar to what the Fraternity of St. Peter received and did earlier this year. That would explain the long delay in publishing their statement. But, of course, it's just speculation. The 30-minute meeting itself, based on the SSPX press release, was incredibly uneventful. Listen to this. Quote, The informal conversation was very polite and gave the superior general the opportunity to introduce himself to the Holy Father whom he was meeting for the first time. This meeting made it possible to show that the SSPX has no other goal than to serve the Church in the midst of the current crisis. Father Pagliarani had the opportunity to make it clear to the Pope that everything the society does has only this service in mind. Mutual good memories of Argentina were also exchanged. Unquote. Oh, well, that's nice that they were able to reminisce a little before Francis had to get back to his busy schedule of clobbering Catholicism for the damnation of souls. Oh, by the way, before we move on, I have a question. So, let's assume for a moment that Francis is the Pope and that he just properly consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart so that it fulfills Our Lady's requirements. My question for the Semitrads, the Recognize and Resist Traditionalists, is this. How do you now envision the conversion of Russia to Catholicism? Because if the Russian Orthodox were to accept Francis as Pope now and submit to him and convert to his religion, 
they'd be professing the doctrines of Vatican II and the post-conciliar magisterium, including religious liberty, the new elements ecclesiology, ecumenism, amoris laetitia, and the Abu Dhabi heresy about God willing a diversity of religions as a manifestation of his wisdom. Now, if the Russian Orthodox were to embrace all of that in perfect agreement with the supposed vicar of Christ, then you folks, you Semitrads, would be the first ones to complain that that's not a conversion to real Catholicism, but to the Novus Ordo religion. Folks, your theology is a total mess. Before you guys can talk about Russia converting to Catholicism, your own Pope first needs to convert to Catholicism. Which proves, of course, that he's not the Pope, because the Pope is, by definition, the living criterion of orthodoxy in the Church. In other news, in a post dated March 23rd, the Daily Compass reports that the Benedictine Monastery of Santa Caterina in Perugia, Italy, is being shut down. Why? Well, back in February, Francis had sent them an apostolic visitor to check up on them. And the results of that visitation are now in. The cloistered convent will have to close. Why exactly? Well, I hope you're sitting down. And if you're driving, I don't know, you may want to pull over for this one. No, it wasn't problems with their spiritual formation, their upkeep of the convent, or how they spent the little money they have. It wasn't even clericalism or their liturgy. No traditional Latin mass or other such dangerous things. No, the mother superior was told that her conduct had been inadequate because she and every single one of the four nuns under her care are not vaccinated. By choice, they didn't want to be vaccinated, none of them. And since Mother Superior didn't force the injection into them, that is apparently now the end of the convent, which, by the way, has existed since the 16th century. So the nuns are now being transferred to other convents, where perhaps the merciful Dr. Bergoglio will personally solve that vaccination problem once and for all. Oh, don't worry. It'll be all right. Remember, he just consecrated Russia. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate. 